Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. I recently finished reading Planet Fall by Emma Newman, I believe, which was really good. Um, I'm excited to talk about it next year, I guess. Jeez, time flies. Uh, I haven't picked up any anything else since then. I finished it a couple days ago. I'm still uh, still figuring out what to pick up next. Also, my next episode will be the last episode of the year. And then I'm going to skip the next week because that's literally New Year's Day. Um, so instead of my next episode. So it's this episode comes out on the 4th of December, one on the 18th. And then the next one after that will be January 15th, I think. We'll see. That's my tentative plan. Okay, now that we've figured that out, let's get started. This time we are talking about The Old Woman with the Knife by Gu Byung Mo. Here is the summary. At 65, Hornclaw is beginning to slow down. She lives modestly in a small apartment with only her aging dog, a rescue named Deadweight, to keep her company. There are expectations for people her age that she'll retire and live out the rest of her days quietly. But Hornclaw is not like other people. She is an assassin. Double-crossers, corporate enemies, cheating spouses, for the past four decades, Hornclaw has killed them all with ruthless efficiency, and the less she's known about her targets, the better. But now, nearing the end of her career, she has just slipped up. An injury leads her to an unexpected connection with a doctor and his family. But emotions for an assassin are a dangerous proposition. As Hornclaw's world closes in, this final chapter in her career may also mark her own bloody end. The Old Woman with the Knife was published in 2013. The English translation was published in 2020. Our author, Gu Byung-mo, was born in South Korea. She studied literature at Kyung-hee University. Her first book is called Wizard Bakery and was published in 2009. It won the Changbi Prize for Young Adult Books and was translated into Spanish and a couple other languages. But I mentioned Spanish specifically because it was very popular in Mexico, which was like the first time a Korean book had been popular. A Korean young adult book had been popular in Mexico, I think. Um, and I'm including an article in the show notes from the Korea Times about Gu's first book. The Wizard Bakery, because it gives an interesting look at the young adult publishing industry in Korea. The translator for The Old Woman and the Knife was Chi Young Kim, a literary translator and editor based in Los Angeles. Her most recent translation is of Whale by Chon Myung Kwan, a book that was shortlisted for the 2023 International Booker Prize. So that's neat. Do you ever get to a point in your reading where you are reading the same kinds of books over and over. This is part of why I have a reading spreadsheet, so that I can tell when I am doing this. 
Um, and it helps me to have it all written down so that I can look at it and go, oh, I need to change some stuff for a little while. Um, I had just been reading fantasy books by white American women, which I know is my default genre. I know it and I am aware of it and I am working to make sure that that is not all that I read all the time. You know, after a couple months of reading the same thing over and over, a similar thing over and over, I kicked myself and I was like, okay, it's time to read something else. So I took a look in my to-be-read list and I found this book, which is a contemporary book about an aging South Korean assassin. So that's a nice change of pace. It is also obviously a translated book, which is one of the one of the goals I have in regards to like widening my reading scope is to read books from people outside of my country and also books that are translated. So there you go. Um, and I will say after spending so long in fantasy books, I did have to ease my way into this one. Fantasy books come with a certain come with certain genre expectations and story beats. And since that's my most read genre, I get used to it and start to think that's how a book should always go, um, which is another reason I like to branch out. It's good to be reminded that there are other kinds of stories in the world, and just because something is different than I expect doesn't mean it's bad. Just a little reminder to myself. And on top of all of that, Assassin books can be hit or miss. It's kind of an assassin joke. Do you get it? For example, Nevernight, which I didn't like. Assassin book, I didn't like it. I actually can't think of another assassin book that I have read, let alone one that I have liked. So that makes this book the winner as far as assassin books go because I liked it. I am sure I am forgetting an assassin book. Maybe it's just a bunch of assassin side characters. Anyway, our main character, Hornclaw, works in disease and pest control, which is a euphemistic way to refer to assassination. She is in her 60s and thinking about retiring. She's the right age for it. She's slowing down, forgetting things, has plenty of savings. But there's always something keeping her working. What else could she do? She's been an assassin for more than 40 years, and a huge part of that has been training herself to be invisible, unnoticed and unremembered, to never draw attention to herself and never interact with people. How do you switch from that to being a retiree who runs a little restaurant somewhere? And there's definitely a sense in this book that Hornclaw doesn't believe that she can be normal. That after her long life of killing people, the best thing would be for her to be killed on the job. Like, she has this conflict where she doesn't want to stop being an assassin because it's all she's known and is good at, and where she doesn't believe that she deserves to stop because she's been killing people for 40 years. Um, but she, at the same time as she's, like, making herself invisible, she still craves human connection, but can't 
bring herself to put forth the effort to make the connection. So she feeds her rescue dog, she kills people, and she looks out on a world she can't touch. It is a very well-done book, uh, Hornclaw's arc of gradually realizing she wants to connect with people and wants to experience the joy of a normal life that she hasn't ever had and finding a way to let herself enjoy those things. The author did a good job making a ruthless assassin I liked and felt sympathy for. And even when you see Hornclaw do something impressive or murderous or other characters talk about how scary she still is, you still see her as a frail old woman because it's how she sees herself. There's the Hornclaw with a 40-year reputation in a cutthroat business. You get to learn her past and how she helped start the assassination business she is now simply a cog in. And there's Hornclaw, the 65-year-old woman with a dog and no friends who sometimes forgets to lock her doors or that there's fresh fruit in her fridge. And then you get to, like, the end fight scene, which is, like, something straight out of an action movie. And then you're like, oh, right! Hornclaw kills people! She's been killing people for 40 years! She's good at it! It was crazy. Um... And the story is partly about growing old and how that adds another layer of invisibility to someone who is already barely there. And it's also about her past catching up to her, both as the story reveals her own history and also as a relative from one of her early jobs comes back looking for revenge. But she doesn't even realize that's what's happening because she spent so long being invisible and cut off from the rest of the world, that it never occurs to her that a victim's family member might come looking for her or might have found her. So, of course, as she's finally making a human connection with the doctor who helped her recover from an injury she received on a job, and she's, like, meeting his family, that doctor's family is put in danger because, I mean, she's an assassin. She's been thinking about quitting, retiring, disappearing, but the only way to save the new people in her life will be as an assassin. It was good. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I liked her journey. And there were assassinations in this book about assassins. Can you believe? And on for a book about assassinations, assassins, it had a good, hopeful ending. Which, you know, I like that in a book. <laughs> Even a book about an assassin. And it's it's really a lot of a character study of Hornclaw and her society. Um, it was good. I'm glad I picked it up. If you want more media like this, I really haven't read much like this. I would suggest something like almost like Agatha Christie, where some of her detective mystery novels are like a, like a character study of the detective um, while also solving a crime. Uh, and join me next time for my final episode of 2023 to hear about Lockwood & Co. by Jonathan Stroud.
As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast or at backlogbooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.